Welcome to Rack, where we're women talking about kink responsibly. I'm Emma. And I'm Kali. And don't forget to click, like, subscribe, all of the things. Because, again, this is being brought to you by the KCAPC Network. And we'd like to thank our sponsors for tonight, Black Unicorn Magics and Paul's Diner. All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Start this off with some McConaughey. All right. Are we ready? I think we're ready. I'm ready. Are you ready? I think so. Let's go. Again, you got cigarette in hand and looking fierce. You're just puffing away. All right. I think we're ready. All right. So here we have another wonderful episode. And with us today, we have, of course, Emma. Say hi, Emma. Hi. And we have with us joining My Greatest Sin. Dun, dun, dun. Or not. No fanfare. I don't know. She's smiling. She's like laughing at us, I'm sure. Um, so go ahead in my greatest and please tell us in the audience a little bit about yourself. Um, God, I hate those questions. <laughs> you know, I went to school for human resources, so I'm usually the one asking those questions. Like I'm the one mm-hmm. doing job interviews going, please tell me a little bit about yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So somebody <laughs> asks me that question. I'm just like, oh crap. Um, I've done sales for this many years and I've been, here's some accomplishments. <laughs> well, Let's start off with you are a thespian. Yes, I am. I am an actor. Um, so kind of stumbled into that, as I like to call it, my early midlife crisis. <laughs> yep. Just kind of saw an audition posting one day and I went, yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> That's awesome. The best yep. way to live life. Yep. I'm a firm believer in the just say yes, you know, I mean, as, as long as you're willing to do it, as long as it's something that sounds fun, just go for it. And, yes, I've and. Stumbled, yeah, I have stumbled into so many cool things just because of that. That sounds like the beginning of every porn movie or step, hey, you know, hey, step bro that I've ever seen. I just stumbled. <laughs> I you know, just stumbled. You know, I've said yes to porn a couple times too. It just never worked out. Ah, uh, where is this and how can I find it? You can't because it never worked out. It never happened. Oh, <laughs> girl, that makes me so sad. Oh, that makes me so sad. Uh, fine. Let's start off with our topic for the to get this ball rolling. All right. Jurassic Park. There's like 200 million of this freaking franchise episodes out there. There's a new one coming out. Jeff Goldblum is coming out. Oh, the sixth one. I'm sorry. All I know is I feel like there's way too many. Oh, man. You, you got my hopes up there when you said Jeff Goldblum was coming out. I'm like, what? Really? What of us? No, he's coming. He's going to be in the new movie. Him. It's like the original, almost all the, uh, quite a few of the original cast from the first one. They're going to be in this next one. They're bringing back most of the original cast because it's supposed to be the very last movie. <laughs> yeah. Don't laugh. Been right. three, three came out originally. Three came out originally. And then there was a huge break between the third and the fourth. So correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't the original dinosaurs from the island dead? Didn't they go extinct again? 
Uh, I don't know. I don't- they had they had like the lysine contingency and that didn't work. And then the the end of you know uh, the Lost World, it was hey, we're just gonna let them live on this island. And then I don't even remember what happened in Jurassic Park three because nobody does. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that the lead actor, what's his face, the hottie from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, he's going to be in it with Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. and all of them. One of the Chris's. One of the Chris's. Yeah. What is his name? Chris something. I can't remember. It's it's not America's ass and it's not uh, the hammer that could hammer me. So it's the other one. <laughs> Oh my god, if you're talking about Thor, I just saw the trailer for the new Thor with um ah shit, what's that girl's name? Natalie Portman. Can I just say she finally looks like she's she's aging. She has looked like she has been 12 for the last like 30 years. But I just have to go back to Jurassic Park for a second, yes. you know. Yes. The new Thor is a thing. <laughs> um, back to Jurassic Park. You're forgetting my man, Sam Neill. All right. I'm old <gasps> enough. I had crushes on Sam Neill back in the 90s. I'm like, oh. I did too. It was that accent that did it. It, yes. it was, it was Goldblum for me the whole way. Have you guys ever seen The Fly? Yeah. No. I don't know why, but I thought that movie was hot. Don't laugh at me. That's why we're friends. <laughs> no laughter. Uh, confusion, but no laughter. <laughs> I'm sorry, but there's a part where he's like completely naked and he like is kneeling down with one arm and he comes out and he's just surrounded by like the fog from the transporter. This is before he became a bug. But even then, I'm not going to lie. When he started becoming a bug, he got really super fucking horny and it was kind of hot. No, you know, you're, you're you're talking about all this stuff, and I'm just like, yeah, but wasn't Gina Davis in that movie? <gasps> oh shit, I forgot she was in that movie too, and she <laughs> she fucked him, and they had a baby. She fucked him post Fly, which is why Fly Two became a thing, and I saw Fly Two. Yeah, watching that scene in the movie, I was like, which I don't know which one I'm jealous of more. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I know okay. which scene you're talking about. So, yeah. Mm. So here's one. Okay. What was the scene? that you watched and you were like, oh God, didn't know I needed it, but I fucking needed it. Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know why, but nine and a half weeks, old school, 1980s, nine and a half weeks. I think it was because I was a kid when I saw this and I wasn't allowed to see it, but I saw it. And then I saw it as an adult and I was like, fuck, that movie still holds up. Although Mickey Rourke got kind of like, funky later him and kim basinger fucking in the alleyway that's a good one that was hot i don't know now i'm just thinking about gina davis and i'm and i'm picturing the scene from long kiss goodnight where she goes from being the school teacher to the badass oh yes that transformation scene and it's like oh that's hot (laughs) that was so for me Mm-hmm. Like, I, I grew up watching a lot of inappropriate things I shouldn't have been watching. So, and- like, my really young ages, like, the scene with Patrick Swayze in Dirty Dancing. <laughs> yes. But as I got older, and let's talk about things that, like, should have screamed, you're kinky. Like, this was one of those. In Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I actually saw it live. So, in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Mr. Hyde comes into the prostitute's room that he's been 
talking to. He throws her on the bed, gets up behind her, and is fucking her from behind, holding up her skirts mm-hmm. while they're singing. <laughs> oh my god. I need a cold shower now. Thank you. Like, I'm done. I was done. I should have known. What is with you and musicals? What is with you and musicals? You liken so much of your life to musicals. Because I'm a vocalist, right? So I spent, like, so much of my time studying. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Let's uh, bring it back a little bit. Um, Let's go ahead and let's get and delve into the, because you know what? Our audience is going to want to know more about you. So, all right. One of the things that we like to talk about is, (sighs) what was baby my greatest sin like? Um, you know, at, at times, I don't think my greatest sin was ever a baby because uh, <laughs> my greatest sin had a pretty rough childhood and had to grow up very, very quickly. Um, yeah, um, I came from a household where I had a younger brother, or I have a younger brother who was uh, affectionately referred to as the accident. <laughs> I know what yeah. that's like. Yep. <laughs> So um, between that and um, my dad being military and my mom being, you know, a little bit of an alcoholic um, and having a baby around and everything, there was a lot of, you know, things. It was, oh, shit, I have to take care of this myself. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Sounds like you grew up pretty quickly. Yep. Yeah. And it's weird being a parent now because now I have my own kids and I'm looking at them that I'm looking at them going, wow, when I was their age, all of the crap I had to do, it's like, damn, they have it easy. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. I wonder if technology also has kind of made that shit happen that way. Cause like, I don't, I mean, obviously I, I was born before cell phones, but did you all have a cell? Like, when did you all get your cell phones? I bought my first one when I was in high school and that was back when, you know, they still had like the cell phone plans. It was like a 100 minutes a month for like $80 or something like yeah. that. Yep. I think I got my first one when I was like 16. Yeah. Mine was in high school too, but it was also the whole, you had to load the minutes on it. So it was used for only emergencies and it was kept in the car. A lot of times I just use mine as a beeper. I'm just like, you just text me and I'll call you back from a landline. <laughs> <laughs> the beeper. Oh, or my God. you call and I just won't answer and call you back. Well, yeah. we got really creative with like, if I send you this series of numbers, that means X, Y, and Z, you mm-hmm. know, so we could have conversations. <laughs> we did a lot of, um, okay, if I, if I call, twice in a row it means it's really important and you have to answer oh my god and also you couldn't just call once right if no one answered so i think it was like three times and it was really important but we had dial up all through high school dial up yeah yeah i feel so flipping old y'all anyway oh my Uh, gosh i don't know cell phones and everything like that i look at all the cell phones now and i'm just like damn it i was working for at&t when the first iphone launched i was there on the launch day for the first iphone and i'm like that makes me feel old you're younger than me don't say that do not say that oh my god 
Well, let's go into a little bit. Well, then how did you discover kink? Like, how did that become a thing for you? Um, I it didn't really have to discover it. It was always a thing. I mean, that was uh, going back to what I said earlier with the, yeah, let's go for it. Just say yes, you know. Uh, I'll try anything just about twice. First time doesn't count. Um, <laughs> you're nervous the first time, you know. You got to get maybe the angle's a little wrong, you know, whatever. First time doesn't count. You got to get that practice in. Mm. Oh, my gosh. Well, then, um, we're, you're married. And where does your wife fall into all of that? Well, we have a little bit of an interesting situation right now in that when we first got together, she was very much a masochist. Um, but since then, she's uh, developed a few health problems and can't really uh, keep up with it anymore. So right now, we're not able to do a lot of the kinky things that we would like to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a little interesting. Um, but that's it's, real life. You yeah, know? It, it is real life. And, you know, I mean, I think that's a, a lot of the things like one of the things that I see a lot of people um, who kind of try to base their relationships solely on kink. And I'm just like, mm, maybe you shouldn't do that. You know, I understand that you want to have the fun and you want to have a master or a mistress or a slave or a sub or whatever. But, you know, maybe you should base these relationships off of something a little bit deeper than that, because you know, life happens, you know, and sometimes people have, have things come up that are unexpected. Sometimes people have health problems, they have uh, psychological problems, you know, whatever the case may be, and you're not able to be in that mindset. For, so for I think reals. that's a great, a great observation, right? I think it's really mm-hmm. important. Now, I did see on your profile that you could, because, because what is it like Facebook stocked? I bet life stocked you, I guess. So I looked at your profile. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always down for more stalkers. <laughs> hey. uh, uh, everybody, my greatest sin on FetLife is stock away. <laughs> so I did look. I have disabled say, the follow feature. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, why? You can uh, have like thousands of followers. <laughs> I probably could, but you know, I don't need it. I'm, I'm simple. I'm basic. <laughs> <laughs> so it does say that you're looking for people to play with but it's tell me if I'm wrong I was busy while I was reading uh you prefer casual play style right now so how does that how does actually just opposite um just the opposite. okay yeah I do not do casual play um we are poly. We've been poly since we first got together when um, Willow and I first met. Uh, I had a very good friend uh, that we were both playing with and kind of, kind of started out as a triad and then kind of collapsed down to just the two of us. And we've been together ever since. Um, but uh, I am demisexual, so I do not do casual play. I can't do casual play at all. So um, I am, you know, actively looking for more partners, um, but I have to have that emotional connection in order to be able to um, do anything with anyone. And that's anything from basic vanilla sex to kink to to anything at all. And is that what Demi, for those who don't know, is that demisexual? Yeah, demisexual is someone who gets sexually aroused by that, um, that, that connection. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So I don't look at somebody and go, oh, look, they're really hot. I would do them. I mean, I just I just don't do that. I can appreciate somebody for the aesthetics, but I don't get aroused by people unless I'm, you know, in some sort of a relationship with them. So does it work? And forgive me if if you don't want to answer, you don't have to. Does it work backwards? Like I, so when I got into my relationship, right, it was very quick. Like we had a relationship and then we very quickly just sort of fell into kink, right? Um, mm-hmm. If you have a relationship with someone and then you find out that you're not compatible kink wise, does that cause problems? Or is it like, a, oh, well, I appreciate our relationship for what it is and it's fine. That sounds judgmental. I'm not judging. I'm trying to figure out how to work. (laughs) I I can answer that because the fact that back to what I mentioned earlier, when, when Willow and I got together, she was a very hardcore masochist. I'm naturally a submissive. (laughs) So when we got together, I kind of, you know, stepped into the role and started playing the role of sadist to kind of fill that need for her Um, even though it wasn't necessarily my cup of tea, you know, it wasn't what I really enjoy doing. So I was able to, you know, step into that and still have a, you know, fulfilling sex life with her because of that connection. And because of, you know, all of the, um, all of the stuff outside of the bedroom that it, you know, was able to, you know, keep me engaged and keep me happy with the sex. Mm hmm. What is your cup of tea? Like, what are you into? I feel like, again, my greatest sin on FetLife, um, the world needs to know. Um, so I tend to be a little bit more on the fetish side of the spectrum, uh, the fetish and kink side of the spectrum. So I think especially anymore post Fifty Shades of Grey, um, most people <laughs> jump into it and they're just kind of like, oh, hey, I want to do, you know, DS, MS, or, you know, something along those lines. And it's a lot of impact play or rope or, you know, something like that. I tend to be a little bit more into the um, fetishy stuff, a little bit more into the psychological stuff, you know, stuff like that. Um, some of my biggest kinks would be things like humiliation and degradation, um, objectification, um, uh, I think you just made Emma wet. (laughs) But yeah, so, um, orgasm denial is a huge one for me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of things like that, um, that are more, you know, up here you know, more brain than, than privates. It's, it's so funny that because you and I have had this conversation before. I mean, we've been friends for quite some time now. And um, what I always find interesting, because I'm always more on like, uh, you know, hurt me, bruise me, scratch me, you know, masochistic kind of side. And then you're so like some of the stuff that you do, I'm always just intrigued by it. Like for me, I don't know that I could handle it. I don't know. I could handle such severe humiliation like that. You know, I I feel like I am missing out right now. Like (laughs) I need to see some shit in action. (laughs) No, with the humiliation, degradation, that side of things, it's a lot of it comes down to, um, 
finding the right things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause a lot of people seem to think it's just, Oh yeah. Well, there are a lot of people out there who are just like, Oh yeah. You know, call me names, you know, degrade me in every possible way and all of that sort of stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. for most of the people that I know that are into it, it's, you know, specific things and it can be very cathartic if you do it right. on those, like, um, Um, you know, picking specific things that I might be, you know, a little, how should I put it? You know, I might be a little unsure of, or I might be a little, um, you know, might be those things that make me just go, "Mm," you know, and pushing those buttons, you know, it kind of, it kind of takes the power away, you know, and sit there and goes, oh, well, yeah, it's not that big a deal. You know, they, you know, I might be self-conscious about you know xyz and they were you know spouting off a bunch of shit about xyz last night and it was just kinky and hot and now i don't have to worry about it as much you know so Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways it helps for that um you know as long as you have that negotiation ahead of time and then it also is just you know really hot because it it does give that level of control you know so i mean it, it it gives that level of you know you know, I have, you know, of, of lack of control on my part, giving control over to them, you know, and saying, yeah, even though these are things that, you know, I would never let anyone say to me, I'm going to let you say them to me, or I'm gonna let you do them to me. Um, On that note, I'm also a huge fan of consensual non-consent for the same reason. You know, it's like, these are things that, you know, are, you know, even things that are, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't do that. I don't like that. Oh, we're going to do that. Okay. Yeah, I guess we're going to do that, <laughs> you know, and in the right circumstances, it's really fun. It's, it's great. So. Again, audience members, Emma is smiling super big right now at that consensual non-consent. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the list that uh, my greatest sin just gave, it's really similar to some of the things that we've done that are very, um, controversial right uh, um and i was i mean it's very true right my miss has to think very hard about what humiliation degradation she's going to use we've been together for a decade and so if she called me a fat bitch every time we seemed like we're 10 years in i'd be like yeah okay <gasps> like what are we doing next right oh my god (laughs) what think about it if you get called it every single day you're gonna be like you get monotonous cool what whatever what's next (laughs) um i want to touch on something that you did say my greatest sin about power taking power back like hearing you talk about that it does sound like you have to have a certain um i mean it doesn't sound like it's for the faint of heart like you definitely need to have some sort of mental and emotional control to be sub, you know, subjecting yourself to such an intensity like that. Yeah. A lot of times um, you do have to, you know, have a little bit of that, you know, mental and emotional control yourself, but a lot of it comes down to just that, that, you know, um, relationship you have with your partner, that agreement mm-hmm. that you have with your partner. As I said, negotiation's really big right. when it comes to things. Um, and you have to have a lot of trust, you know? So you have mm-hmm. to be able to sit there and, and trust someone and know that they're not trying to actively hurt you, mm-hmm. you know, that they're not, they're not, you know, 
um, being what one of those people that everyone that ever, you see everyone else talking about, like, don't, don't, don't talk to these people. These people are the, no, no horrible people, blah, blah. You know, they're not being a horrible person like that. Um, oh, come on. You can't give me that look every single day. You see somebody like, oh my God, my, my ex-boyfriend or my ex-girlfriend did this and they did this and they're a horrible person. And they throw out that word toxic, which I really, really hate, but Oh, we're coming back to that. But I agree (laughs) with you, right? Like, not only, like, I have to trust that my top is doing this and and that they still love me and that what they say during the scene is it. It doesn't carry past, Mm -hmm. right? That's something we talk about a lot, even now, like, 10 years in. Sometimes she'll say something and I'll be like, afterwards, I'll be like, that's just insane, right? (laughs) You so, sometimes it's so real that you have to like bring it back yeah, like that. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's very intense. And I, she also has to trust that I'm strong enough that I can handle being called those things, hearing those things that I can communicate with her effectively about it. So it is, there's a lot of trust and a lot of power that it's, that's exchanged in both ways. And you have to be able to, you know, trust on both ways, you know, um, from the submissive side, you have to be able to trust them enough to communicate openly with them and open yourself up for those things. And on the top side, um, on the dominant side, you have to uh, be able to, you know, pay attention and be able to read your submissive and be able to read the situation. And, and you have to know them well enough to know this is good. Mm maybe I should slow it down a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. maybe, we, yeah. maybe we should, we should change tactics, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Um, Cause yeah, in those sorts of scenes, it's, it's a little bit more difficult to um, find that line, you know, that um, hard line, you know, if you're doing an impact play, it's pretty easy to sit there and be like, okay, I'm at a yellow, I'm at a red, you know, we need to stop, you know, whatever. It's, it's a bit harder to do that in, something like a humiliation scene because it, it is mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't flow quite the same way it's way more subjective than because impact you get hit you get hit bruises happen maybe some blood you you know eventually your energy draws out and you know that it's over but humiliation mm-hmm. scene that I feel like the bruises go away I feel like sometimes the mental stuff it could stick with you that's why I've, I'm I don't know. Part of me hears you guys talk and I'm like, wow, one, they're becoming, I think, best friends now. And two, um, I'm like, how do you guys do it? Like, I, I would I would probably stew on that scene for so long. Yeah, I mean, sometimes. But, you know, generally, if I'm stewing on that scene, it's it's the positive things. It's not. OK. It's not, oh, God, I can't believe I did that. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. It, it's the. Oh, yeah. I remember when we did that. Yeah. Ooh. Well, speaking fun. of, ooh, oh, that was fun. And hearing those noises makes me want to ask now, is kink equal sex for you? Does sex equal kink for you? Is it all separate together? It, it is very, yeah, it is very much together for me. I don't do vanilla sex. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that goes back to partially being, you know, the demisexual side of things and partially just the things that I'm into, um, you know, sex just for the sake of sex just doesn't do much for me. You know, there has to be that mental component to it. There has to be something that's, you know, 
stimulating my mind before I can, you know, let anything stimulate me anywhere else. Um, so yeah, uh, for me, you know, kink does equal sex because that's about the only time I get aroused, you know, is, is if I'm doing something kinky with somebody that I trust. I always find that interesting how there you've got two camps usually out there. You see that a lot on Fet Life about people who are like, there's no room for sex and kink or in BDSM. And then the people are like, what do you think BDSM is? It's all about sex. And then there's people who are like, BDSM aren't swingers and swingers aren't BDSMers. And it's like, why is there such a division? I don't understand. It's just fucking labels. So, uh, yeah. Um, speaking yeah. of fet life and of division, uh, in my fet life stalking, I saw that you've put out a post that's gotten some controversy around. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, which one's this? <laughs> There were, there were, I think there were a couple, but the most recent that I saw was about pride and leather. Yes. Okay. So that post um, had a little bit of controversy about it because um, there was uh, quite a few people who were trying to make a statement about um, how leather and kink does belong at Pride and we shouldn't sanitize it for the sake of, you know, the corporate sponsors and make it family friendly and this and that and the other thing. And I, I had responded to somebody else's writing. And then because I had a completely different thought, I jumped off and made my own writing. Mm -hmm. And my, my writing was in regards to, you know, not taking over Pride, um, because you're you're kinky i mean i understand you know you're kinky and i understand the king community runs into a lot of the same problems that the you know lgbtq plus community uh, falls into um you know it's difficult to be out and kinky at work or with a family or any of those sorts of things so you know i mean i understand that there are a lot of parallels but Pride is specifically supposed to be for the LGBTQ plus community. And I had a little bit of a, a moment there where I was like, what the fuck? Because I was seeing a lot of um, pictures being shared all over uh, FetLife from people who I happen to know are cishet people, you know, sharing all of these pictures about pride. <laughs> on and on about it and and in the case of a couple of people actually being in the pride parade and i'm just sitting here like you know maybe just maybe we let the you know lgbtq plus people leather people be the ones in the parade you know i mean maybe we should let them do it because it is still pride you know regardless of of whether or not you're into leather regardless of whether or not you're kinky this is it's it's not an event about leather it's not an event about kink it's about or it's an event about the lgbtq plus community and they're the ones that should be in the parade in my opinion and they're the ones that you know should be celebrating and and we should be supporting and so yeah i had a i had a few people who who disagreed with my take on that but that's kind of where my take went with it so do you feel that the cishet demographic is t kind of co-opting pride? To a certain degree. Emma uh, shaking her head yes. Okay. 
to a certain degree. I think I think it's not necessarily them co-opting it. I think it's a lack of respect. You know, I mean, for this is an event that was, you know, started by LGBTQ plus people. That is for LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. people. That is, you know, an event. I mean, for a lot of people, it's it's the only time they can really go and be fully open and out and not have to worry about things. I mean, as much as we've come in, in you know, just especially in my lifetime, as, as much as we've come, there are still lots of problems. Um, you we know, I mean, still this haven't is, come enough, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Every day. Is, um, right there. To, or, you know, to date... Uh, the job that I have right now is only the second job where I've ever actually been able to be out um, mm-hmm. at all. Um, even though that there are technically legal protections in this county saying that somebody can't fire me for, you know, the way mm-hmm. that I am, we also happen to live in an at-will state, which means they don't have to give a reason. They can just fire me. Right. Oh, yeah. This is only the second time I've ever been able to be out at work, and the first time was a temp job. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Can you can you let us know what do you mean by out? Um, I am out at work both as being well, actually, um, I'm out at work in the fact that I do not hide the fact that I am a uh, trans woman. I also don't hide the fact that I am um, pansexual. And I don't hide the fact that I'm poly while I'm at work. So the job that I have right now, I'm actually able to be open about all of those things. Um, and even though the poly is kind of separate, it, it's still a big deal in the fact that um, for a lot of the previous positions that I had, you know, HR might know that I'm that I'm trans, but, you know, it's kind of one of those don't ask, don't tell. It's like, we're just not going to talk mm-hmm. about it. Just just don't mention it. You know, we're not we don't want to have any problems, you know, anything like that. And that's still kind of the attitude that a lot of companies have. And, you know, even though I might not get any direct, you know, issues from it um there will be something that comes up and i'm just kind of like you know i'm this makes me a little uncomfortable and they're just kind of like we don't know what you're talking about whatever you know and my my concerns are dismissed or there are there have still been a lot of times in the past where i get those dirty looks or those Mm -hmm. you know whispers behind my back Mm -hmm. yeah so you know i mean Again, we've come a long way, but there's there's still day-to-day issues that people in the LGBTQ community have to face. I mean, we have to face those day-to-day issues all of the time. And, you know, we're lucky that we live in a major metro area, so we at least have some protections. But a lot of mm-hmm. places, even, you know, 20 miles away from here, they don't have any protections at all. Man. And to think, like, hearing you talk about how, I mean, one, that's awesome that your job is so comfortable with you like that and you're comfortable in that space as well to be able to be so authentic into yourself true to yourself because like you said there's places where there's the microaggression of toleration and I hate that I hate that word of tolerate you know like tolerate it's like no just accept you know like can't we have more of that I don't know but anyway um well where do you fucking work because apparently we all need to work there um <laughs> don't tell us because again we're trying to keep this as anonymous and safe as possible <laughs> so i i did want to take some of what you said there um i'm thrilled that you're somewhere that you feel safe enough to be completely out at work i'm out as gay right but i 
I'm still not out as poly or kinky. And so I'm glad that there are places that that does exist. Um, But in part of your writing, because I'm going to go back to that, Mm -hmm. it did mention that you feel completely accepted by the leather community. I wanted to know if that extended to the BDSM community, what kind of, like if we're talking microaggressions, if you don't mind sharing what kind of things are we looking for? Because I feel like I'm not trans, right? I'm about as as cis as it gets. And sometimes I worry that I miss things like microaggressions because they're not happening to me. Oh and it's not, I know it's not your job to like educate all of us and you don't speak for all trans people, but it is yeah. a conversation that might be worth having. As a friend of mine once said, if you've talked to one trans person, you've talked to one trans person. Right. Um, oh God! Yep. Um, but uh, I think the the what what was referenced in the writing was actually uh, less than a year before I put that writing up. There was a big um, falling out in the leather community um, because there were people um, who were. Um, LGBTQ plus in the leather community who were having problems and there was a, a big problem with one or a person in leadership in the leather community and you know lots of you know uh, accusations flying around and lots of people trying to sweep said accusations under the rug and lots of people trying to blow it out of proportion and you know normal internet stuff but accusations you know, I mean, it, like someone's being bigoted yeah, there okay. were accusations of being bigoted. There were accusations of direct um, uh, things that were said to people directly, you know, okay. that were that were totally not cool. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, that's not my story, so it's not really my place to go into too much detail with it. I mean, those who were involved with it, they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, those who, who were there when all that stuff went down, but I mean, the leather community itself, you know, has had its fair share of, of issues with that. And then you do have a lot of the, you know, quote unquote, old guard leather who, you know, for the longest time were not accepting, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. Um, you know, what was it like, you know, 17, 18 years ago, when I was, you know, you know, in the lifestyle as, as a young, you know, young kid back then, I was not, I mean, I had a lot of problems with people in the leather community because they weren't accepting at all. You know, I mean, I might've been accepted in the, you know, general kink community, but a lot of the times with the leather community, they, a lot of them weren't accepting, you know, and there were quite a few that were, but a lot of them weren't. You know, so, I mean, I think that that's one of the things that with the leather community, I mean, that that even the leather community itself has a lot of room for, for growth there. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that, again, they've made, you know, leaps and bounds, and I think they are, they are a lot more accepting now. Um, you know, just the fact that they use terms like international person of leather as opposed to international man or international woman of leather. I mean, it definitely shows that the leather community is trying, but there are quite a few things that, you know, that they need to, you know, continue to work on. So let's go ahead and let's talk about something that I always find interesting um, just to kind of take, you know, a little different break here. Um, 
you two are both parents with children in the home. How do you maintain your lifestyle with children? Um, (laughs) I don't know. I think a lot of it comes down to the innocuous little things, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, being able to maintain a lot of that. I mean, you, you just have to throw in some innocuous little flirting, you know, some, there are lots of things that are said that fly right over the kids' heads. They have no idea what we're talking about, but we both know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, there, there's a lot of things like that. I mean, it's the same, the same thing that a lot of, you know, standard vanilla parents are going to run into is just, you know, keeping everything going with kids. And it is hard. You know, there are days where it's just, okay, I got home from work. I had to get the kids, you know, fed and bathed and, and this and that, and then get them to bed. And now I'm just tired. I I just can't, you know, (laughs) there are days like that. And then there are times where, you know, okay, cool. Um, You know, I'm going to make a couple offhand comments, you know, maybe, maybe, stray my hands a little bit when the kids aren't looking, you know, when they're in the other room, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, just, just so long, pretty much anything you can think of that, that they're not, that's not going to directly expose them to anything, you know? Right. I always wonder like every, uh, cause I don't have any children. And so then I always wonder if um, kinky parents have like this beautiful, like, you know, ornate type hope chest at the foot of their bed that you're like children do not touch it there's you know heirlooms in there but really it's just full of like kinky ass shit like floggers and whips and chains and you know dildos and you know gags yeah Yeah. we just we we just don't let the kids in our bedroom like our the kids just know you don't go on don't go on you know our bedroom just don't because um, we have a spanking bench set up in the corner of the bedroom. You know, it's just it's just sitting right there. Can you pan uh, over? I want to see it. <laughs> right now it's got some towels on it, but right there. That is a multi. Oh, that's a really nice spanking bench. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really nice. That's high. Okay. A friend of mine made that for us. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah uh- our kids aren't allowed in our room past a certain age. I have like a little, little one right now that he's allowed in our room, but his older brothers are not because they're too nosy. (laughs) (laughs) There's our opening drawers and cabinets. Yeah. They, they are at that age. And that makes it, that makes it difficult. Um, You know, mine are younger. And so like I called miss baby while we were, playing a game tonight and my four-year-old goes yeah pass the dice baby (laughs) or like no that's mommy to you that's mommy and so i think yeah to some extent you just try to do what you can um and i don't know about for my greatest and for me that's where a lot of those rituals come into place Mm -hmm. Mm. you know Rituals do help. Um, not only do rituals help to, again, you can find innocuous little things that you can do. I've known quite a few people who are, you know, more of the service subs um, who will, you know, find little things that they can do for their dominant, you know, that are very, very innocuous that nobody's going to think twice about, 
but it still shows, yes, I'm, I'm in service to you, even though I can't, you know, I can't actively show it. You know, there are little things like that that you could do completely in public and nobody's going to think anything of it. Um, you know, so there's things like that. Um, you know, there are inside jokes. There are, you know, all sorts of things that you can just kind of throw out there. Well, I always just wonder, like, sometimes, you know, like, when does naked time happen? I guess when they go to bed. Yeah, pretty much. After they go to bed and quietly. Oh, and quietly. Okay. We have to be more careful about, like, what we do, at least, because our bedroom's right next to our kids' room. Uh, that's where the gag comes in, I guess. Yeah, we haven't learned the quietly yet, but luckily, both of our kids <laughs> sleep very heavily. They're both very heavy sleepers. We have yet to <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> because I, I've, just like Emma, I perved your profile for, you know, I perved your profile leading up to this. And I was like, damn, she's got some really good pictures. You got a lot of tit pictures, a lot of TNA pictures. And I was like, damn. And then I realized they're just friends. And then I was mm-hmm. like, I wonder why they're just friends. Like, why aren't you like flaunting, you know, your moneymaker here? <laughs> um, Honestly, because of the creepers. I mean, I, uh, yeah, so, so the uh, first off the picture that I have up right now is actually, there's actually a story behind that one. <laughs> um, so I was joking around because the, former license plate on my car so i can mention this because it's not the current license plate on the car okay um but the former license plate on the car the last three letters on it uh was actually um you know looked like the word fox (laughs) so i i uh, jokingly nicknamed my that car the fox so um willow went through and bought me a little fox and that fox that's in that picture is actually hanging off the rearview mirror in my car so it, it was just a sweet little stupid present that she got me and it's cute and adorable and it's now hanging in my car. So that, that's where that one came from. So, um, you know, that picture in itself is kind of an inside joke. <laughs> yep. um, but yeah. Um, so I do have to say though, I mean, coming from being a trans woman, it is a little weird because Yes, I get the, you know, standard messages that a lot of, um, you know, women of any background are going to get. Um, So I do get a lot of those messages, but I also get a lot of the chasers and chasers are a pain in the ass. Uh, Go into depth as to what a chaser is, because I frankly don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Okay, so um, what a chaser is... um, we, I use the term chaser. It's actually what used to be referred to as a tranny chaser, but we don't use the term tranny. Um, but they tend to. So, uh, um, yeah, they are the people who will message me and be like, you know, hey, I've never been with a tranny before. I want to suck your dick or I want to do this or I want to do that. I'm just like, bitch, I'm a woman. You know, so yeah, it's it, there. There are a lot of um, those sorts of people. And, you know, I'm perfectly okay with people who are attracted to trans people. That's perfectly fine, you know, but 
a lot of people will fetishize trans people like that. And, you know, they'll watch, you know, trans porn that is completely and utterly designed only for, you know, cishet, you know, men, the, the ones who are, you know, just curious enough where they'll watch that kind of porn, but they're not gay. Don't ever call them gay. You know, they're not bi, they're not gay. You know, what you mean porn isn't real life. Yeah, I know. Crazy talk. Mind blown. <laughs> you know, you know, people say that porn isn't real, but you'd be surprised how many times we just have a dick walk into our bedroom. You know, I mean, pizza delivery guys, you know, I don't know. They really do just hang around forever. You'd, you'd, you'd be so surprised to call it, really. <laughs> How stupid does a woman have to be that she can't get, she gets stuck in a fucking dryer? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, what? With her pants down. What? Have well, you not what, seen those? What porn are you watching? The I'm gonna need a link later. At the point where the 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 woman is like doing laundry and she gets like stuck in the dryer because she has to reach for this sock that's like way back in the back, and then she's like, "Help! I can't get out!" And because she's like trying to like shimmy herself out, her pants just automatically fall down her down to her knees, and then in comes like some you know well endowed dude who's already like hard as a rock, sees her and is like takes the opportunity to fuck her. You guys haven't seen this. No, I'm no, trying to figure out how you accidentally wiggle out of your jeans. I mean, I'm it's wiggling, laundry day. Maybe you forgot your belt. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That must be it. Yeah. Yes. I, I think I might have to, to co-opt this for some role play later. <laughs> there's that. And then there's what? the one where she gets stuck. She gets stuck under the bed because she's looking for her earring or something. And then she can't get out from under the bed. And so part of me wants to be like, how dumb are you that you're getting stuck under the bed? But then when they start fucking, I'm kind of like, okay, it's kind of hot. And then, uh, you know, part of you is thinking that. And then the other part of you is going, yay for glorifying sexual assault. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. I didn't even think of it like that. (laughs) You've made me feel so dirty. My greatest sin. You've made me feel so dirty. May I recommend erotica, literotica. I do like literotica. The, if you're really into that, there's a whole section of non-consent reluctance. Hmm. You're welcome. Well, I actually tend to stick to one lane with literotic with literotica, and that is like tentacle porn, alien sex, and stuff like that. Yeah, like I really want to get a splorch. You know the you guys know what I'm talking about the splorch. Yeah. No. Uh, go. It's the dildo that you can put eggs in it, like not legitimate like eggs that you buy at the you know jumbo size that you buy at the grocery store. I'm but like slow, these- but I'm not that slow, Kali. <laughs> that was Sorry. rude. <laughs> and you can um f- you put it inside the tube of the dildo, and then you can insert it anywhere you know any hole. Oh yeah, I have. And one. then it squeezes in, it pops those in you, and then you end up popping those out. I have one. You do not have one. I do. You do not have one. Okay, no, we no, will talk I about do. that later. Sorry. <laughs> we will talk about that later. I want pics. I was actually going to go ask her to go get it so we could see it now. I mean, I can definitely go get it. Is that what you want? This is this is my greatest sins show. You, you choose if you want to see it or not. 
I mean, it's not too much trouble. <laughs> Hold up a her, how she's all like, well, I don't want to be an inconvenience, but like, um, if you can like go get it, uh, you're such a hoe. <laughs> Which one? Both of you. <laughs> no, dropping back into the submissive habits of you know. I mean, I don't yes. want to be a burden. You're so sweet and like delicate saying that. You're like, oh, well. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Which is funny because I got told that I give off uh, the. I give off the air that I'm about to stab someone earlier today. Or, yeah, earlier today. Well, work person stabbing versus like in public at large stabbing, totally different. <laughs> but there, if you. But if you were to stab someone, you would do it in such a sweet way, though. Like it I would was, apologize immediately afterwards and then try to give yeah. CPU. You'd be like, <laughs> I see that your carotid artery is gushing blood. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Here, let me put a towel on that. <laughs> I know you only got like three seconds to live, but I'll help you in the meantime. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Where did she go? I think she went to like, see, look what you did. Look what you did, my it, my greatest it's, sin. It's hidden in that secret tre- chest in the bedroom. I mean, that is one thing you never you never swipe on someone's phone when they're trying to show you a picture, and you never go into someone's nightstand. Those are two things I've learned while being in the kink community. Yeah, for reals. Oh, I think she's coming back. I see her in the window. All right, stop talking about her. Stop talking about her. Are we ready? Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's huge. It is. That's, I don't know that I want one now. That's way too big. Is that like hollow all the way through? It is. Oh, you could do so many fun things with that. Right? Huh. So, okay, hold up a second. Let's see. We got it off Etsy. Let's see. I'm going to need a link. Of course, you can get anything on Etsy. Right? For reals, you can. You can get anything on Etsy. So it came with two sizes of eggs. Oh, look how cute those are. Okay. So you can customize color, size, all of that stuff. But you put, you lube it, and you put one in. And then when you push the next one in, the force from the suction... Mm-hmm. shoots it into you that okay okay I, i'm listening i'm listening and a lot of places expect you to make like jelly eggs that'll melt but these are silicone so they they're reusable all right all right i'm listening <laughs> I don't know. I think the jelly eggs might, you know, take away some of the risk of having to run to the ER. True. True. Um, Make sure you practice your Kegels. So I saw this one porn where this dude was taking all these little mini. um, They must have been hard side because I can't see them being like the squishy kind. But you know how you buy those packs of uh, little like handheld size balls? That one's a baseball, one's a tennis ball, one's a, a basketball, one's a football. You know, they're all like for kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he took the entire 10 pack in his ass. And then he ended up shooting them out afterwards. I've seen one better than that. What was it? 
it was um, oh, probably one of the most disturbing porns I've ever seen. It was a, describe it in detail. Okay. <laughs> it was from one of the um, Asian countries. Diplomatic. Uh, yeah. So they had a. It involved a woman, her ass, a funnel, and live, like, two-inch-long eels. <gasps> Something live. Something live. No. 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 Danger, Will Robinson. There's one, I'm only thinking of Salmonella. Mm -hmm. um, two, I'm thinking... No, no. Yeah, what no. if one got lost? <laughs> okay. I've got one better. <sighs> don't those swim upstream? I'm confused. Anyway. I, I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I'm My horrified. grandmother was an ER nurse. Okay. <laughs> so the more tame story is she saw someone fuck herself with a Coke bottle and it suctioned. Yeah. Yeah. Why, 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 why do people do dumb things? Just remember, suction is real. And I mean, if you, yeah. if you get suctioned into a glass bottle, you really should go to the ER. Like, don't try and take care of that yourself at home. I just looked at the clock. We have definitely, yeah, we've gone for a bit here. So much good stuff. Freaking awesome. Um, so I know that I had mentioned to you that we like to end on a quote. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I think that we would love to hear your quote. We would love to hear who it's by and what, why is it meaningful to you? So I did uh, find a quote for this and it is by Jenny Lawson, who is a wonderfully hilarious author. And it is from her book, Furiously Happy. Great book if you haven't read it. it. It's just hilarious and it is meaningful to anybody who has ever struggled with uh, mental health problems. Um, it, it is just fantastic. And the quote is, don't sabotage yourself. There are plenty of other people willing to do that for free. Oh, shit. Uh, that, yeah, I'm going to have to unpack that one. I'm going to be chewing on that one tonight. Feeling a little called out, Collie? <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. You know how sometimes you just hear something and it just like, it's what you needed to hear in that moment? Yeah. You know? Uh, my greatest sin. Why? Why? I'm shaking my fist at you. <laughs> <laughs> I've always got those deep, deep thoughts going through my head. It's part of the anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, so, again, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. Um, I absolutely, yeah, so my greatest sin on FetLife, worth following, but you can't follow her, apparently. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that's okay. All right. Um, thank you so much, again, for being with us tonight. Um, again, this was Kali. <laughs> oh, and this is Emma. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night.